from the desk of Precious Wine. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to From the Desk of Precious Swain. On today's episode, we will meet with Amber Gardner. Amber will be speaking with us about her experience with homelessness. Today's episode is very heart-touching for me because I also have experienced a homelessness situation. I encourage those who are dealing in this situation to not lose faith, not look down on themselves, but to understand that if you continue to push, you will eventually persevere. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode of From the Desk of Precious Wayne. We all know that homelessness is a very serious thing that's impacting our communities, no matter what state or city that we live in. Today, we have Amber that's going to speak in detail about the situation. Hello, Amber. Would you mind introducing yourself to the viewers? Swain, I first want to thank you for having me. It's very much an honor to be able to appear on your platform and share my experiences and the lessons I've learned and how we can help other people. So first, I'd like to say thank you for allowing me to grace your show. Oh, you're very, very welcome. This is the creator show. He just sent me to go do some talking, but this is his show. So we're definitely going to do whatever we can to help his people on this platform. So, um, As Ms. Swain has said, my name is Amber Gartner. I am 27 years old. I'm a native of Hampton Roads, Virginia, born and raised in Newport News. I currently live in Hampton. Um, and during my time in Hampton and Newport News, I experienced different spots of homelessness during my teenage years. Um, thankfully, God allowed me to be able to make it through that. I now have a bachelor's in journalism from Hampton University. Mm-hmm. I published my first book a year after I graduated. So this October will be the fourth anniversary of the release of my autobiography, um, Bigger Than Me, A Story of Struggle, Surrender, and Grace. And I currently host my own podcast, Bigger Than Me, the podcast. So God has done amazing things despite my experiences. I'm very grateful. Totally understandable. Now, what are your suggestions to stop or detour homelessness We do need to listen because I think when people think homeless, there's automatically this idea of almost like kind of like the whole, you know, coming to America type idea with the guys, you know, sitting by the trash can, you know, in the big clothes. I don't think people realize somebody could be homeless and you have no idea because there are different ways to be deemed 
quote unquote homeless. You could be living in and out of hotels. You could be sleeping in your car. So you don't have to look homeless as the media has presented it in the past to actually be homeless. Um, so pick up on the cues. Like I was homeless in school. Um, people started picking up on it, like classmates and stuff, because they would see me bringing my things with me to class, to class and stuff and putting it in a certain place, you know, early in the morning. So I can make sure that, you know, nobody took it and things of that nature. You see somebody with a suitcase enough times, you start to wonder why they have that with them to come to school instead of a regular backpack. So definitely listening. Also, the fact of having more programs for single parents, not even just single mothers, single parents. My mother was a single mother. My parents divorced. And, you know, I had contact with my father, but I lived with my mother and we lived in a different state from my father. So she was still your a single parent and you know there are some programs for single parents but i feel like the programs they're not really are not a lot for like single fathers so you know those that have seen the film like the pursuit of happiness there are men dealing with that that can't get the help a woman can mm -hmm. um also a lot of times i've noticed that the programs are available more in the winter time where it's like oh it's cold outside so they shouldn't be outside homelessness sucks all year round yeah. <laughs> it does not need to be cold outside for homelessness to not be enjoyable. It's not enjoyable in spring and summer either. So really it's just having resources, having understanding and giving them an opportunity and a way to come out of it. Cause some people, you know, it's kind of in a cycle. If they're staying in and out of hotels and they can only get a certain amount of money, you know, to cover a hotel bill, they're also not going to be able to then cover first, last and security for an apartment. It's just mm -hmm. having programs and opportunities to help people get back on their feet. It's hard to know that through it all, this is gonna hurt you this time. Now I just off the line. I have a reason for all the things and all the ways. I tried to tell you, but you turned away And now you need me so bad Girl, it's driving you crazy I, you wanna be with me, but things never change I myself experienced a situation with homelessness um, When I got my divorce from my second husband Of course, we went through all the property breakdowns and everything And he got the house and me and the children ended up in a motel. And you're very right. Being in a motel is still being technically homeless. You may have, be able to swipe that card and get in that room to get some sleep, but there's no true stability in that situation. And hotels are high. So when you're in a hotel, it's hard to save the money to transition into housing because this hotel, we're looking at, 300 and some change a week, you know, and so when you're spending 300 and some change a week, you and you have a job, you're spending the majority of your paycheck weekly for this room. Well, in my situation, um, he also got the vehicle. So that left me transportation list, which left me you may as well say jobless because you can't get to work and do certain things um, in the area in which I live. There's really no public transportation if you live in the outer portions. So you're kind of just stuck. So at that time, I still had four that were under 18. 
And when you're in that situation with children, it's not as easy as some people may think. It's, it's better than being physically on the sidewalk, on the street, but the same worries apply. How will I continue to keep this going? So what are your suggestions for people that see themselves approaching this situation? Because in some situations you wake up and that's just your situation. In a lot of them, you kind of see the warning signs. You've you know you haven't been paying the rent or you know that the property is up for sale or the landlord is issuing an eviction notice. How do you begin to prepare to not end up in that situation? Thing I would say is definitely keep track of your papers. And when I say that, I mean, make sure somebody's keeping track on what needs to be paid when, what needs to be renewed when, et cetera. In my situation, my mother... Um, she had, so my mother in the past has had very bad seizure disorder. Um, it's been better as of lately. However, she had had a bunch of seizures and they had to medicate her into a coma because they were scared she would have a stroke and there was a lot of stuff going on and she had to go through like a rehabilitation period. I stayed with my father for a few months. I came back. She was not working with the whole rehabilitation period. And little did we know that the recertification that was supposed to have been done for them to continue to help us with our rent and stuff with her not working had not been done. Um, I was out of state, um, even though I was a young person at that time, I was about 16, because it was me and her, when she would get sick, I would take on the role of caretaker for the most part, even though I had family in the area. So if I had been there, that may not have happened because I would have kept track of it because I was not there. And those that were having to take care of my mother with her rehabilitation, um, I guess, felt a bit overwhelmed or what have you. It was not taken care of. And we ended out on the street um, about, I got back in October. We were on the street in March. So about six months later, we ended up on the street because the recertification had not been dealt with properly and we were not aware. So make sure whoever is supposed to be handling that important stuff, like rent, like bills, if you're with a, a transitional program for women or men or what have you or a section eight or something of that nature make sure that stuff is up to date and being taken care of at all times because if not in my in my experience the system is not as forgiving as some may think when that type of stuff happens mm-hmm. so it's best to stay on that you know stay on it at all times um also ask for help you know if you need help actually ask for the help. Um, Oddly enough, even when I went to college, I was homeless. I got a scholarship to Hampton University and I was still homeless even in college. And I did not want anybody to know my first two years of college that I was still homeless. I tried my best to keep it close to my chest. And then there were situations that came up where I had no choice but to break down why I maybe couldn't afford to do this or that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, I didn't want anybody to feel sorry for me was my thing. I had a lot of pride. I'm like, look, I don't need anybody feeling sorry for me. You know, let me get through things just because of my situation or whatever. And what I recognized and what I learned was the fact of when you are in a situation like that and you are still able to push forward, rather than feel sorry for you, most people actually have a respect for you that you could never understand. Because it's the fact of they see you truly as the warrior that you're having to be, to be Mm -hmm. able to push through and achieve what they're achieving 
And my job was on scholarship, so I couldn't just go to school. I had to maintain a 3-3 to keep my scholarship. So it wasn't just go to school and act the fool. I had to be about my business so I could get my degree so that this situation at the time would never happen again. So ask yeah. for help. Keep up on things. And those are the two main things. Because if you do that, it normally avoids those type of things from happening. Typically, the warning signs are not caught, as you said, the flashing lights. And because maybe we have too much pride to ask for help or we don't, we may be in denial about what's going on, it gets worse. And then next thing you know it, you're in a very bad situation that takes a lot longer to come out of than most people think. Yeah, because some people think homelessness is fixed in a 30-day cycle, but it's not. Um, (laughs) Even if you apply for the help in the programs, some programs have waiting lists extremely long so as soon as you realize your situation is bad that's when you should start asking don't wait till it becomes unbearable as soon as you find yourself in that situation because we spent the entire summer um hotel from hotel and they had different situations here but a lot of them are income based so because before the situation, I had always had a decent paying job. My income from my last check stubs or from your last income tax, because that's what they asked for the year before, always gave me a disparity in regards to help because it seemed that I made too much. When at this point, there was no job to make anything from. And I would never blame my ex for the situation because in life we kind of we make decisions that aren't always the best so if you're a young person in this situation don't be so quick to be mad at your parent or judge your parent for whatever they may be going through because you you're you have no idea what may have gotten them there as amber has spoken about her mom um having her Uh, her special need situation, we don't know what may have happened to put her in that situation because anything may have, could have happened. She could have been injured to cause her to go through this. Anything could have happened. Um, Amber, I think another question that I will pose to you is as a young woman in this situation, did it, did you find it to be a lot more difficult for you than maybe a male in the same situation? And I'll explain why, you know, my mother and I were two black women. Um, There were times we could not afford hotels and we were staying on friends' couches or um, one of the churches in the area had basically a shelter system where every Wednesday we would go to a different church. They would give us cots we would sleep on the floor in the church. Um, you would come back, you could eat and stuff. And then the next Tuesday you moved somewhere else. So my senior year of high school, I lived in 10 places in one winter. If you want to be technical, probably more than that. If you really want to like go down the list and being a woman, there were times we would have to find the church, you know, two women walking down a dark alley. That's not well lit with all types of luggage and bags. It's God's grace. We were not robbed or worse or anything crazy of that nature. 
And yeah. it did make it a bit more difficult just with the fear part of it. I mean, even with me being in in high school, um, my some of my professors and teachers and stuff found out and my principal ended up finding out because I was in choir um, and we were we were a traveling choir, you know, um, and I my life was not terrible, but it was complicated. Um, we got to meet President and Barack and Michelle Obama because we went to go sing at the White House my senior year of high school and different things. So I still had great experiences, but it made things complicated. My principal ended up finding out they played for my class ring. Uh, they paid for my yearbook. They helped me with my prom because I had to use my prom money to pay for a hotel bill. Um, but it really was because there was always a fear of they could take me away from my mother because I was not yet 18. And as professors and teachers started finding out, it was almost like, oh, shoot, this is really going to hit the fan. I don't need to be in a foster care system of less than a year before I turn 18 and can take care of myself or what have you. And to this day, I honestly feel like they kind of made like a silent agreement that we're going to get her through her last year of high school and get her into college by any means necessary. I really feel like they rallied around me. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> like, a good we're thing. Gonna get, we're going to get her through this last year if it kills us. We're not doing that. It's not going to help. Let's get her into college. <laughs> that's a good thing because so, in that situation, they could have taken moves to remove you but your mother needed you as much as you needed her. So it's so good that they didn't. Um, in the area that you're in, do you speak uh, to people in the homeless situations? When I graduated um, high school, going into college, I, cause I was a part of a program called Project Discovery in high school. That was a program set up for basically urban youth to figure out life outside of high school. Um, and I was on the board for them. I technically still am. The board kind of dispersed after COVID. They're kind of trying to get things back in place. Regarding speaking on homeless awareness, I, I, I speak on it at times. I feel God leading me to speak on it more just because it's a time of my life that I, how can I put it? Sometimes things happen and God removes you from it by making things better. You have to kind of remind yourself like, wow, like less than 10 years ago, I was really in some stuff. And, you know, I've released the book and everything. Whenever I speak about the book, you know, that topic comes up because that's a good few chapters of the book just explaining, hey, how it happened, you know, how we, it was in it and how we were able to finally come out of it. Um, but I do plan to be doing more speaking engagement soon just for the fact of somebody looking at me how do, how do they say it? I don't look like what I've been through. They would never think now, you know, me walking down the street, you know, with an iPhone in my hand and a purse on my on my arm, going out to eat with my friends and doing this and that, that less than 10 years ago, I had nowhere to stay. Yeah. No one would guess that by looking at me at all. No, of course not, which is a good thing because we don't have to. We bounce back well. I just really want to encourage you 
encourage you to continue to encourage others, to tell your story with boldness and not be afraid to help others come out of the situation. Um, and to keep helping your mom, pushing your mom, encouraging your mom, because when you get health issues that put you in situations, sometimes in a mental place, it makes you feel like less than a parent, less than who you're supposed to be. We often look back at our children and say, um, feel like we let you guys down. So continue to empower and push your mom because she may not say it, but we all need sometimes that little push, that little reminder that we're still great. Um, would you happen to have a copy of your book available where you can show the audience your book? It's actually a copy of my book, Bigger Than Me, A Story of Struggle, Surrender, and Grace. Um, I actually self-published it. I decided to self-publish just because I did not want my story to be watered down and I didn't have an agent or anything like that. And I was determined for, I didn't want what I had been through to be in vain because there's much more to the story. The homelessness is a, a small part of the story. <laughs> Oh, I truly um, understand. Beautiful cover, beautiful cover. And where can you. they find it? Um, they can find it. It is for sale on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, it is in ebook form on both platforms, so it is available Nook and Kindle, and it is also available for paperback. Um, thank you for what you said about the cover. We actually, a friend of mine from the church I grew up at they do photography and we actually did the photo shoot on the campus of Hampton University because I wanted to do the photo shoot there. My vision was I wanted it to be at the place where I felt like God was able to restore and begin to heal me from some things I encountered in my childhood. And I really just had this vision of like, you know, looking over the water. And when we got the shot and the person that did my editing, she helped me with my book cover um, she helped me edit the book. She's amazing. She's in business now. And there's like a whole page dedicated to my book on her website. And I'm just so honored. Um, when she showed me the mock-up for the cover, I remember I almost cried. It was just, it was everything I had imagined it would be. I just, I felt grateful that I had made it through to even be able to write this, let alone to see it actually come to fruition, you know? So I'm very grateful. Well, for those out there that are tuned in, please grab a copy. As she said, it's available on Kindle, Nook, both in paperback form on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. So let's support this young author in finding her dream. Do you have any more books coming in the near future? I'm working on a book that I'll start writing um, on next year, most likely, just because there are healing is an everyday thing you know healing is never fully complete so there is some more healing that i do need to do to talk about some other topics but um the next the working title of my next book is actually precious jewel um my mother told me that when i look up the name amber it actually states that that's what that name means and it really is just a book i want to write about my overcoming a lot of self-hatred and doubt i had due to my upbringing issues with self-esteem, you know, how it affected how I viewed myself, relationships, um, habits I picked up that were not healthy, that 
when I look back to it, a lot of those roots are childhood trauma from my parents' divorce and different things and how I was able to come out of that and how others can come out of it too. But we, we got to be on the road to fully coming out of stuff if we're going to be writing about it. So it is being worked on and more than likely it'll be written on next year, 2023. Okay. So. Well, we look forward to it. Look very forward to it. How can the audience find you if they wanted to connect on social media? Oh, um, social media, you are able to find me the social media page for the podcast bigger than me. We are at the official BTM podcast that is on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. On Twitter, we are at BT at official BTM pod. So that's BTM boy, Tommy Martin pod POD. And we're also on YouTube now. That is at BTM Podcast. We're on YouTube. So the episodes go up audio form on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the the podcast formats. And it also goes up on YouTube. So you can find us there. And for those that maybe, you know, it's hard to remember all that, the link to our link tree is actually in the bio of all the social media pages. So if you find one social media page, the link to the rest of them is right in that link in bio. The link tree has all the links to everything from the book to the channel, the podcast, the social media. It's all on one page to make it easy. Okay. Well, you guys follow this young lady. She has a huge story and she's working to help someone else to heal the way the father has allowed her to. Again, this is Amber Gartner, host of the Bigger Than Me podcast, survival of homelessness and other issues. She has a book available for purchase, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, and Nook. Please go look for it. Bigger Than Me is the title of the book. Let's give support to this young lady. Amber, I thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, Um, especially since the invite was very random and taking the time to share with the community about homelessness. It's hard to know that through it all, this is gonna hurt you this time. Now I just off the line. I have a reason for all the things and all the ways. I tried to tell you, but you turned away, and now you need me so bad, girl, it's driving you crazy, I, you wanna be with me, but things never change.